Hello and welcome along to episode 49 of the All Things Leeds podcast. The return of the All Things Leeds podcast as it is the first episode of the new year, 2020. Uh, I'm Ed McIntyre and joining me as ever is my co-host, Charles Foster. Hello. Hello, mate. You alright? Yeah, you? Yeah, I just about recovered from all the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the Arsenal game, yeah, I've, I've, I'm, I've just about recovered as well. Just about. Uh, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, yeah. Do you have a good Christmas and New Year? Yeah, you know. <laughs> Christmas is a lot of a kind of bit of a kind of strange time with the family in it. There's a lot of drinking. Yeah. There's a lot of chatting with relatives. You don't see that much. And then New Year's obviously a lot more drinking. Yeah. I think it was a period between about 23rd and about the 2nd of January where I just I, I was drinking for about nine straight days. <laughs> yeah. Awful. Yeah, a lot of drinking. A few arguments as well. Just some random arguments about nonsense as well. My nan argues with me every year because I get yeah. too drunk at the pub on Christmas Day and fall asleep on the sofa. <laughs> it's always funny at uh, the, the, uh, the Christmas time and the festive period. Uh, always funny. It's always standard stuff as well, but you've had, you've had a good Christmas and New Year, which yeah, yeah. is good. And good for you then? Yeah, really, really good. Really, really good. Really, I have enjoyed myself. And hopefully everyone else who was, uh, uh, is watching or listening at the moment uh, has also enjoyed uh, uh, some time off. Some time off. If you don't celebrate Christmas, hope you've had a good time. If you do celebrate Christmas, uh, hope you've had a fantastic Christmas and a happy new year to everyone. Uh, feels good to be back. Feels good to be back in the studio. And there is plenty to discuss. In this episode, we'll uh, go over all five games that we've missed. Uh, that 2-1 loss at Fulham. 1-1 draw with Preston. 5-4 win. Uh, at Birmingham, 1-0 draw at West Brom and, of course, for 1-0 loss to Arsenal in the FA Cup on Monday night, which means Charles were that, so we can go into that in, in great detail. And we'll also uh, look at how the uh, Leeds United under-23s have done this week, as well as discussing some news that's come out of Ellen Road. Uh, there's some good news and some sad news as well. Uh, of course, it's January, which means that it's the January's transfer window and players have left Leeds, but players have also come back to Leeds. Uh, and uh, there's, of course, plenty of transfer rumours, uh, which uh, we'll discuss before looking at head to Leeds United's next game which sees them take on Sheffield Wednesday at Ellen Road on Saturday in the Championship. Loads coming up here on the All Things Leeds podcast. Ah, feels good. Feels good to be back in the studio, back recording. Uh, hopefully uh, you guys have not missed us too much. Um, if, if I was anyone listening, I probably wouldn't have missed us at all, really. Uh, there's uh, a lot of Leeds content out there nowadays, so uh, you, hopefully you've, uh, you've uh, kept up to date with everything. Uh, I mean, Charles, are back uh, in your uh, airwaves. Uh, airwaves. Yeah. <laughs> it feels good to be back uh, in the studio. Uh, and let's not waste any, any time, as there's loads to go over in this episode. Uh, so let's begin by uh, covering the games that we have missed, uh, starting with that 2-1 loss uh, to Fulham away at Craven Cottage on a Saturday the 21st of uh, December. Uh, and at least played well here despite the scoreline, uh, but we were hit with a major blow um, early on as Pablo Hernandez went off injured in the first couple of minutes with a hamstring problem. Uh, Bielsa has said in uh, recent weeks that he could be back very soon, but uh, a very big blow for Leeds United this one uh, in you know early on in a very big game it was. Yeah, it was one of them games which you kind of we, we didn't really want to lose because obviously Fulham and well the likes of Fulham and Brentford and Wednesday and Forest are all kind of pushing for us for that second spot. So we kind of wanted to keep them at arm's length. I mean, there's going to be plenty of you know boxing analogies during this <laughs> during this podcast, <laughs> I imagine. But you know that's uh, that, that's really what it was. So yeah, it was a bit gutting that we lost Pablo so early on. Yeah, and, uh, and it bit... changes your game plan, doesn't it? As well, when you lose such an influential player like Pablo Hernandez yeah. early on, it just changes your entire game. Well, not just for this game, but for the whole Christmas period. Because there's a lot of games yeah. over the Christmas period, and when you lose your most creative player, it's a bit of a blow. Yeah, and, and we and we could have uh, certainly used him in, in a few of those games. Uh, Fulham went the up on seven minutes through a through an Alexandra Mitrovic penalty. Uh, penalty which shouldn't have been given though a minimal contact there was from Ben White awful refereeing decision yeah, it kind of reminded me when we were this season we were to Millwall as well in the, yeah. once again in London with a uh, refereeing decision where they just appeared to give every team we're playing a one goal advantage straight off the bat <laughs> yeah so we lose our most influential player and we go 1-0 down for a penalty which should have never been because yep. Ben White Barely touched him. Disgraceful decision, and um, I'm yeah, honestly he was all against us. The referee did not send him off. Also, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, like it, it, it did in the Millwall game. Yeah, it, it would not have surprised me if, if he actually did. To be honest, uh, but Lizzie acquired him a second after uh, through a well-worked goal uh, with Patrick Bamford uh, finishing on 54 minutes. But Fulham went two and up on 69 minutes from a corner. Josh Onama for goal scorer there. Fulham win ended Leeds United's unbeaten run an 11 game. 
um, unbeaten run and a seven-game uh, win streak as well. Um, all good things must come to an end, I guess, and uh, Fulham ended that. But uh, at least we didn't have... I, I feel as though it was a big weight lifted off our shoulders. We didn't have the pressure of trying to keep the unbeaten run and win game going. Of course, it would have been nice, but um, I, I don't think anyone was expecting us to you know, thrash Fulham like we have done in... You know, ha- that we had did uh, that we, that we, that we uh, had done before in recent weeks leading up to that game, uh, but yeah, all good things must come to an end, I guess. Uh, the next game after that was uh, Thursday, the twenty sixth of December, Boxing Day, of course. Uh, Leeds drawing one one with Preston North End at Ellen Road. Uh, now Preston were on top for the first twenty minutes or so in this game. We were really poor. Um, yeah, really, really poor uh, early on in this game. Took us a while to get going. Uh, Preston, of course, went one 0 up uh, on twenty two minutes through Alan Brown on the counter attack. A really poor goal to concede. Really poor defending. Um, it was 1 0 to Preston at half time. Leeds started picking it up. Uh, Eddie Nketiah came on and replaced Patrick Bamford on 64 minutes and changed the entire game for Leeds. And after many attempts, Leeds found the equaliser on 89 minutes with a fantastic strike from, from uh, Stuart Dallas. Really deflected. good goal. Yeah, deflected. But it, it, it looked like a nice goal from where we but were the, at uh, the time. And, yeah, um, the, the, not the mic there. The, uh, the Cookstown Cafe was saved as a few points a season already. Yeah, he has. <laughs> digging, out, um, digging out some goals, crucial yeah. goals. And, it, yeah, massive celebrations for one all draw at home to Preston. <laughs> yeah, but the, Preston at the time, I think, were fourth or fifth. They were in the player positions. Yeah. So it did kind of matter that we didn't lose. And with the game, you know, going the way that it did, it, it, yeah, it, we, it felt good to equalise. And everyone else kind of, everyone else in the top six kind of drew or lost in that yeah. period as well. So the fact we still picked up, I think West Brom drew in that, uh, when we drew there. So it was all right because yeah. we just, we kept the pace. And it, and it felt good to equalise because Preston, when they win a lot, like they have done uh, the past uh, few games where they've gone ahead against us, they've just sat back and cheated the way to, to either victory or the draw. So it felt good to equalise and Leeds earned a hard fought point there. Uh, then after that, that uh, happened. Uh, the most mental game for Leeds United happened. Uh, the most mental game I think I've ever seen. Leeds United winning 5-4 away at Birmingham City uh, on the 29th, Sunday the 29th of December. Uh, this was just absolutely crazy. Um, Leeds won top for the first 20-25 minutes or so uh, where we went 2-0 up. Held Costa finished off a great counter-attack on 15 minutes to make it 1-0. A fantastic goal there. And then Jack Harrison's deflected shot made it 2-0 on 21 minutes. Uh, Birmingham uh, pulled a goal back on 27 minutes through 16 year old Jude Bellingham uh, nice finisher but a poor a really goal to concede player. yeah he is a really good player really good player but a poor goal to, to concede on Leeds' behalf poor defending really I mean it was 2-1 at half time uh, I don't think anyone expected the second half that uh, that, that came about um, so it was 2-2 on 61 minutes uh, through uh, Lukas Djokovic as he uh, headed in from a corner uh, poor goalkeeping from uh, Kiko Kassir here uh, came out, failed to punch it clear, and uh, just got caught in no man's land. Really, I think it was uh, a pe- uh, trying to, you know, said it was a foul on him, but poor goalkeeping, really. I, I disagree, mate. I, I've got to see. I, I think it was fouled. I think it, it's Bellingham again. Stands in front of Casilla, and as Casilla is about to get hands to it, jumps up into the back of him, with yeah, his back, and um, forces him off balance. He, he, he does. He does do that. Bit soft, but I reckon that's a foul. But you know, it's, you're never, you're never going to get given that. Yeah, well, you're either giving them what, or you what don't. really annoyed oh, yeah. me was we didn't went down the other end, did exactly the same thing, blocked their keeper off, and th- their keeper got a foul for it, which really yeah. infuriated me watching the stream. Yeah, because well, we we conceded a goal because of that stupid yeah. decision. Well, as we've discussed many times in this podcast, the EFL officials are dreadful. So um, all these corrupts. Uh, but yeah, that's t- two two on sixty one minutes, three uh, two to Leeds on sixty nine minutes, uh, an excellent strike from Luke Hailing here, right back. Luke Hale a fantastic touch took him inside took him to the edge of the box and he just smashed it into the top left hand corner off the post it was brilliant the funniest thing about this one was that uh, in another game in the championship Ashley Fletcher banged in a 40 yard volley and Luke Ayling still won goal the weekend because <laughs> Leeds fans rigged the pole yeah and on Sky Sports they yeah on Sky Sports the, present- yeah, the presenter was confused the presenter Touch of a pull, uh, the four options, Luke Hale and one of them, Ashley Fletcher, uh, his goal for Middlesbrough, where Middlesbrough beat West Brom 2-0 away from home, which was really good. Brilliant goal uh, as well, much better yeah, than Luke Hale's fantastic goal. Fantastic <laughs> goal. And when the Sky Sports presenter clicked onto the screen, going on the results, straight away he was like, oh yeah, there you go, Ashley Fletcher, 35%, he's winning. And then was like, oh no, no he isn't, Luke Hale's winning. Thirty nine percent of of the um, of the votes. Leeds fans just um, yeah jumping on that, um, abusing the poll once again like we yeah. always do, <laughs> always. Uh, but yeah, three two to Leeds in six nine minutes. Fantastic goal from Luke Hailing. Um and then the final ten minutes was just crazy. Three three on eighty three minutes through Jermaine Bella. This was a goal. Um, yeah, 
I can't, there's no defending this. <laughs> if he stays in his line, he saves this. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But then seconds later, Stuart Dallas made it 4-3 to lead. Luke Kalin's goal really this one, because he, he, he had the ball and just thought, Nope. Sod this. Sod we're not, this. We're not losing this. <laughs> Sod this. We're not losing this. Let's go. Let's go back in front. We're two up. Let's go back in front. And, and um, yeah. He ran about 30 yards. Yeah. Laid it off to Harrison. On the left hand side as well. He's yeah. a right back. And yeah. on the left hand side, he it just laid it ran off to right Harrison, through. Got it back. Found Stuart. Stuart Dallas had about five yards of space yeah. in the middle of their box. I don't know why that was the case. Yeah. Was really good finish, though, to be fair. Yeah, and he pinged it top corner on, yeah. on, his, on his weak foot. Weaker left foot, pinged it into the top right hand corner. Really good finish from Stuart Dallas, and that made it 4 3. Dallas went absolutely mental in celebration. <laughs> he did, didn't he? And um, and at that point, you're thinking, all right, job done. Let's just calm down now. We've been gone Bavardi to try and uh, to, to try and calm things down. Six minutes of any time, which I was fuming. I think it was Keith Stroud referee, innit? Thinking he was like, oh, the big man yeah, trying to ruin the game by <laughs> six minutes and then we made him look a right mug yeah I, I was absolutely fuming with the six minutes at the time and I was fuming when Birmingham made it 4-4 91 minutes Lucas Shutsevich uh, again sliding in at the far post uh, to Ali, equalise in the 91st minute in their final third of the pitch <laughs> when he's playing at left back yeah. and we're winning 4-3 yeah uh, yeah, like, it, it I mean, there's poor. a certain amount of just brainless idiocy going on in this game. Yeah, because everyone would just put everyone should have been everyone four three. Everyone should be in our half. Yeah, we bring on Bavardi, and you think, oh, yeah, let's show up the defence. But no, everyone's still bombing forward when we're four three up away from home. <laughs> um, <laughs> going into added time, uh, but yeah, Birmingham equalised uh, woman in added time four four. Lucas Jutkovic, Lukas Jutkovic, if I can say that name right, uh, scoring again uh, to equalise again at the far post. But then 95 minutes, one minute uh, before the end uh, of Addy time, Leeds made it 5-4. Berardi, uh, brilliant winning the ball back, really. Uh, give all credit to Berardi for this goal, really. did brilliant with the challenge and the pass uh, to Helder Costa, who played through Luke Haley in the box, uh, who got to the byline and uh, squared it. Um, good, bit, we... good bit of vision from Costa, that, to see Haley. Hey, it was, it was. Yeah, and, he was kind um, of getting closed down by two players, he just ripped it through. Yeah, and uh, Luke Haley just thought, yep, yeah, let's square this and uh, see what happens. And what happened was... Was Harding Birmingham's uh, defender? Brilliant finish. Uh, to be scored fair. an own goal. <laughs> yeah, it was a brilliant finish and uh, an own goal. Sometimes own goals they kind of just like come off people's knees yeah. or asses or feet <laughs> or, or you know just kind of a, a slight touch. He he buried this. Yeah. <laughs> if he was playing for us, he could have put a better finish in than that. Well, the square ball on their podcast, they were saying that um, Wes Harding must have just thought, oh, this game deserves a winner. This, this <laughs> game deserves a last minute winner. Honest, so let's just bang it. In. I don't think Harrison would have reached this if Wes Harding hadn't got there. I think it, I think it probably would have gone too far in front of him. Really. Because if you saw it, Harrison only just gets to where Wes Harden is when the ball's in the back of the net. Yeah, I thought Jack Harrison would have been there, personally. Mm. But um don't matter, Wes Harden scored an goal 5-4 to Leeds United. Mental game. Um, Leeds ending the year and the decade off the most Leeds way ever. <laughs> um, positive signs, with attacking-wise, but really, really, you know, a, a lot of negatives, though, because the defending was so poor in this. And yeah. the fact that we were 2-0 up, and just won the game, and the fact that we were four three up going into time, and we just you know we didn't sit back and and, and didn't start defending defending the lead. It was concerning, really. Was it concerning for you? The fo- their fourth goal really annoyed me. <laughs> we we tried so hard. Luke Halen had, had, had got a world. Stuart Dallas had, 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 and and Luke Halen had fought really hard to get us back in the back in front. And we just threw it away yeah. with stupidity. Yeah, and when that by, went in, by being by be pushing these seven players upfield when we're when we're winning uh, in the ninetieth minute, yeah. which is just needless. Yeah, when they made it four four, I was fuming, and I thought, all right, that's it, that's a point. And um, but thankfully we won, and we should have won because we were two 0 up away from home. And if you're two 0 up away from home, if we you've not be seen the, game, the, uh, really. the Sky Sports coverage of this either, the Soccer Saturday coverage, Google uh, put, <laughs> tap into YouTube because it's really funny. yeah, it is mental, it is mental. Uh, but yeah, five four uh, win to Leeds United. Uh, uh, yeah, for the last game of the year and the decade, Leeds finished it off fantastically. And uh, then on January first, twenty twenty, New Year's Day, Leeds travelled to the Hawthorns to take on West Brom. And I, uh, I really enjoyed watching this one, really. Good football from, from both sides. But, uh, of course, West Brom, they did go win the up inside the first 90 seconds uh, through Semi Ajayi's header, uh, which just crossed the line. Um, Eddie Nketiah started, uh, didn't play well, and went off at half-time for Patrick Bamford in what turned out to be uh, Eddie Nketiah's final game for Leeds United before being recalled from his loan spell at Arsenal. We'll go into that a little bit later on. His loan spell, man. Right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Nketiah's uh, loan spell, uh, of course, uh, recalled uh, for Arsenal. We'll go into that later on um, in the show. But Bamford, he changed the game really for Leeds United, didn't he? 
he gave us a focal point. He he was he was holding the ball up. He was he's getting getting people involved, getting people further up the pitch. And Ketty appeared to be just kind of getting. It wasn't the right game for Inkessi because obviously they had a Jai and they had uh, Bartley on the pitch who were who were big lads and they're, and they're strong and they didn't play a high enough line that Eddie could exploit the yeah. his pace. They they were deep enough that it didn't make a difference that when Eddie did get on the ball he got crowded out or had to could only like win a corner or win a throw in. He he couldn't really get in behind. So what we needed was. Was a classic, <laughs> a classic shit house. Yeah. So and we and we had one on the bench who who didn't who probably should have started really. Yeah, probably. And yeah. he uh, and he came on and he immediately gave uh, gave us a different dimension. He gave Ajayi and Bartley something in the air to worry yeah. about. It changed the entire game, Bamford. Yeah. Who who was fantastic, um, and it's it's quite nice as well because Eddie Nketiah, of course, being recalled. If he had had a real good game in this, I would have been fuming that he's gone back, but. He was really poor, so I'm not. I'm not too bothered. <laughs> I'm also, but I don't like fans rewriting history, saying, "Oh, Inketia was entirely bad for us. He was awful." Cause yeah, he wasn't. He's he, got cause, some crucial goals because he wasn't. He's won. He won us a lot of points. Yeah, I mean, that, he, he got that first goal at Barnsley away, which which led us winning the game. Equalised at Preston, uh, opening uh, goal that won, won us the game in Brentford when he came on in the 80th minute. Yeah, so he's got us. Well, well, that's five points straight there, or five or six points straight there. Yeah, exactly. But, exactly. Uh, we'd be worse off without him. So you, you got. You got to give him some respect. He was a good player. Yeah. Um, I think there's a bit of. I think there's more arrogance on Arsenal's part than arrogance on Eddie's part for yeah. how much game time he should be having because Eddie appeared fairly happy here. Yeah, and but you need to remember that he was out with injury for four weeks. Just as he was going to get start. Yeah, starting exactly. Games. But exactly. Yeah, I've got. To, you got to say it wasn't the right fit, but we got to thank Eddie for his contribution to the yeah, season. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll we'll go into Eddie and catch in a lot more detail later on. Uh, in the show but uh, yeah Bamford as I say came on at half time changed the entire game it was 1-1 on 52 minutes uh, Bamford's header ricocheted off Ajayi's head and went in um, as an own goal a sixth own goal for Leeds United um, going going in Leeds' favour this season the highest amount of own goals Leeds have benefited from in a single season the previous record of five own goals came in the 1960-61 season when we were, when we, uh, were in the old second division it's a good start that yeah absolutely mental um, yeah <laughs> own goals is the second highest goal scorer for Leeds United this season. <laughs> How does the saying go? You um, you make your own luck, <laughs> and that's what we do. We make our own luck. Yeah, we put the ball in the in, in the positions, and we fire enough shots. Something's going to go with somebody, and it's going to go in the net. Yeah, that it's it's we basically play football on the law of averages. The more we pepper a goal, <laughs> the more someone's going to fly up <laughs> someone's ass cheek, shoulder blade, face. Yeah. Semi Ajayi's shoulder, something's going to go in. Yeah. And that's how we play. I mean, it's funny that we've nicked four points off West Bromwich Albion and not scored a single goal. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, that is that's a fact. True. Yeah, that, that is very, very true. Um, yeah, own goal, the <laughs> second highest goal scorer for Leeds this four season. Four points off a promotion, right, but with own goals. I tell you, if Leeds United do a pull at the end of the season for play of the season, and one of the options is on goal, just for a laugh. On goal's gonna win. <laughs> it should, it Second highest goal scorer for Leeds this season is a uh, is beyond goal. <laughs> so um, yeah, ap- absolutely mental. Uh, but one one good point for Leeds United uh, away at a tough place, really. So uh, yeah, really good points, and that of course kept Leeds United at the top of the Championship table on goal difference and nine points clear of third place, uh, where Brentford are third, Forest are fourth on the same point tally as uh, Brentford. Really good point there um, away, um, and that brings us on to where Leeds United's last game, which was on Monday night. The 6th of January. Uh, it was our FA Cup third round tie against Premier League side Arsenal away at the Emirates. Um, Charles, you and I went. Um, I With mean, Chris. Yeah, and, and, and your dad, dad as well, who, who drove. Thank you very much to uh, my dad for that. Cheers, Graham. Um, and this was, you know, forget the scoreline, this was quite a fun trip down for everyone, I think. Yeah, uh, we, we really enjoyed it. I mean, it was such a long drive. <laughs> like, yeah, it was. But it, it didn't feel that long on the way back, but on the way down there, it was it was a long, long drive. Yeah, it, was it, a, it was a very tiring journey. It didn't feel long on the way back because we I had sleep. a law of exam <laughs> at 9.30 on the Tuesday morning, so we had to set off at, um, at um, 4 o'clock in the morning. Um, so the roads were very, very quiet. Um, so yeah, very tiring trip, but it, it was a fun trip though, you know, going down to London. Yep. Um, and yeah, I think all the Leeds fans enjoyed it. 8,000 Leeds United away fans travelled, including the 10,000 in the home end, including us. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, the away fans, I know obviously we sometimes don't appreciate how good our away fans are because we're in the away end, yeah. but we were, in, we, were in the, we were sat in the upper tier in the North Bank which is the opposite side of the ground from where the Leeds yeah. fans were, and they were phenomenal. Yeah. Really good. Because when, when you're amongst the crowd, you know, when you're a Leeds fan, you're in, in amongst the Leeds fans, you, you, I don't think you notice how loud you actually are. 
But, you know, I've sat in the gantry a few times this season and we're in the home end, the opposite side of the ground. And when you hear the Leeds fans, when you're not in, when you're not amongst them and you hear the Leeds fans from, you know, from afar, very, very loud. Very, very loud. And the Leeds fans did us proud. Um, I think um, the Arsenal fans, I think that, you know, the Arsenal fans around us, they seem, you know, uh, you know when we were doing the uh, Champions of Europe chant, uh, a few Arsenal fans were recording that because we were wearing our scarves. It, it yeah. looked fantastic, fantastic. Um, and the Leeds United away end were, was, was brilliant. And uh, I'm sure that there were probably a few thousand Leeds United fans in the home end as well. Alan course, Shearer including us on BBC gave us, a, gave us a compliment to the Leeds United fans. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that, if you watched the coverage. Yeah. It was really nice because everyone was giving us compliments. Gary Lineker. BBC Danny, Danny Murphy on BBC commentary everyone was giving us Danny compliments Murphy was, it was lovely was so biased towards Leeds <laughs> it, it, it was unbelievable it was nice though because listening uh, <laughs> watching it back um, earlier today recording this on Wednesday I watched the first half back this afternoon and um, yeah I, I, I enjoyed it I, I enjoyed watching it back it was very very good we, we, we um, were just sat in the stand thinking what is going on here <laughs> yeah yeah, we were weren't we um, I mean it was a fun trip but I still don't agree with the game I've said it before I don't agree with the game being played at 7.56pm on a Monday night uh, but yeah still enjoyed it the Emirates Stadium fantastic stadium lacked atmosphere though um, until, they I were, felt, until they were winning yeah it, it lacked uh, a lot of atmosphere but the Emirates Stadium very impressive stadium very big very posh they've got escalators and lifts in the stand they've got plenty of TV screens um, Pl- plenty of scowling cockneys whenever they saw us <laughs> in, the, in the home end literally yep. Um, you Chris, almost blew our cover. <laughs> well, I did in the stand, but you know we were walking towards the lift when Chris was like, talking really loudly, and we, obviously our accents gave us away immediately because yeah. we, we were three Yorkshire lads, and obviously uh, your dad's got <laughs> yeah, um, Ed's dad's got a Scottish accent as well, so he was getting away with it a bit more. But us three were blatantly from Leeds, off <laughs> or Yorkshire at least. Yeah, we were getting some and, funny and, looks, and, but... and, and they got we gave some right funny looks yeah. on the lift. But we weren't causing any any trouble, so um, so. No. I'm, I, I was causing a bit of trouble in the stand. You were, you were, yeah, you, you, you almost blew up. A few people were getting annoyed around us. I was uh, sh- um, shouting abuse at Gwendozy and yeah. <laughs> um, getting really annoyed when we cocked up uh, yeah. any chances we yeah, had. So we had to be quiet. But um, yeah, <laughs> Stadium, very, very impressive. Uh, yeah. But it did lack atmosphere. If Leeds United have ever had a ground like that, like you know, like the Emirates Stadium, would would you be happy with it, or do you like Ellen Road as it is? No, I wouldn't want a stadium like that. Uh, Purely because you look at the likes of Arsenal, who used to have Highbury, which was 35,000, really good atmosphere. West Ham had Upton Park, now they're in the Olympic Stadium, Upton Park, obviously one of the most famous grounds in England for atmosphere. Manchester City, Main Road. Main Road, and now they're obviously in the, uh, in the Etihad. Empty Had. And the Empty Had. And you, you, you see these grounds, these soulless balls full of tourists, prawn sandwiches, clappers, <laughs> and plastics, and you think you do not represent the game. Yeah. You do not represent the the working class sport that is football. You just don't. You 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 you're spending what a grand a season ticket. I thought I mean it's not high as a grand. It's maybe a grand for Arsenal. Like seven hundred quid for, yeah. for for a scum season ticket. And you sit you're sitting down in your seat, quiet with your kids next to you, abusing anyone who stands up. It's just I would never want I would never want to be in a stadium like that. Yeah. Ellen Road. I mean it, it was it was it was nice while we were there. It was very luxurious. Yes, the was, seats were the seats were leather. Beautiful stadium, and, uh, really well built. The really seats well the seats rented. were leather, which was really nice. Stewards were all um, nice as well, even to away yeah. fans. Um but they, they it was just it, it was like someone had ripped the soul out of Yeah. Yeah. And as much as and I I'm I'm, I'm, I'm gonna play devil's advocate, Ellen Road is a run down shithole in places. Yeah, it's a especially dump. the West yeah. Stand. And it does need many improvements. And the cops. It does need rebuilding essentially. The West Stand needs rebuilding. Yeah. And it needs putting together better. But I would never want to move to any 70,000 seat stadium where Where it looks like the Emirates like you know, where it looks like the Emirates Stadium. You need really. a pair of binoculars to see the other side of it. You can't <laughs> hear anybody and it's yeah. just awful. Yeah, uh, very impressive stadium, but I like Ellen Road. I, I like our ground. Um, I like the fact that we, we have to walk under a motorway bypass. To yeah, get there. I like the fact that there's pubs nearby, and you can buy mag- you can buy magazines on the way down, and hot dogs, and that that one geezer with the bagpipes that winds me up every time I walk past him. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. It, it was nice. We were there. Very luxurious, leather seats and everything. But um, yeah, very you know. Lacked atmosphere and um, our, our ground. I know, that, I know that guy with the bagpipes so, um, is collecting money before anyone has a go at me. I know, I'm, for, for a good yeah. cause. I'm aware of that. But, it is know, quite annoying. You know, sometimes I'm hungover. <laughs> <and> bagpipes. 
drilling yeah. at my skull. Yeah, it is quite annoying. <laughs> um, but getting into the actual game then, so Marcel yep. Bielsa named all the changes that he was uh, that he was going to make in the press conference on the Saturday before the game. Uh, so Elon Meslier, he replaced Kiko Kassi in goal to make his first team debut. Uh, Berardi was in defence for Liam Cooper. Douglas played at left-back while Alioski went on the wing, uh, replacing Helder Costa. And Robbie Gotts replaced uh, Stuart Dallas in midfield to make his debut as well, finally. Uh, so really pleased for Robbie Gotts um, there. Um, Arsenal had a very strong team out as well. They had pretty much the first team out. Lacazette, uh, Nicolas Pepe, um, Socrates, David Luiz, Guendouzi, Xhaka. They pretty much had their full first team, apart from the goalkeeper, Martinez, in goalkeeper, for, yeah. for Leno. He, he actually um, had a fairly decent game as that goalkeeper. Yeah, he did. But uh, they, they actually had a very strong lineup. And when, when they first came out, we were reading it through. So Pepe, Lacazette, we were thinking we're going to get There's smashed all, yeah. here because yep. they, they had a fantastic team out. But... I think Leeds took everyone by surprise because we dominated that first half. It was absolutely incredible. Really, really surprising to see to see how good Leeds were um, away against a side like Arsenal, who were surprisingly very, very bad. Uh, Arsenal just couldn't cope with the press from Leeds United. They just couldn't cope with how good Leeds United were, really. And it did catch us by surprise, didn't it? Because you a few times in that first half turned to me and said, hold on, are we actually running Arsenal off the park here at the Emirates because we, we were we were because we they never really the only time they looked anywhere near like scoring that first half was when we lost the ball in a silly position yeah like, and Nicolas Pepe and Lacazette uh, Pepe, because Pepe's rapid uh, like really rapid like Harry Sacco rapid he, he ran half yeah. on the pitch well Danny Murphy thinks he's Usain Bolt doesn't he listening back to oh, the first half yeah that bit where he pinged that uh, Martinez pinged the ball over to Meslier. There were no Arsenal players in that half. But Danny, um, Danny Murphy on the commentary, BBC commentary, was just like, oh, Nicholas Pepe's fast, he could have got there. I think Danny, <laughs> no Danny, Danny Murphy was probably just sticking that in there so he could pay moderately balanced, even yeah. though he was <laughs> massively against Arsenal. Yeah. What, what was it? Yeah, that first half, it was just, we were, we were pressing really well, high up the pitch. We were, uh, Click was instrumental in that first half of stealing the ball yeah, absolutely. off, off Guendouzi and Xhaka and... Um, uh, the one point in the first half, which I love, where um, <laughs> I loved it watching it at the time. I loved it even more watching it back on the replay, where Ben White just clatters Lacazette really hard, but it does win the ball, and um, and all the Arsenal fans around us were all kicking off every time there was a, a, even a tiny chance that a foul should be given. They were moaning about it. Yeah. Uh, every time one of our players challenged one of their players in the air for a header, foul apparently. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, we really we ran off the park. We were passing in triangles. We were, we were finding Bamford. There was that the best bit of play in the game. And I'm including Arsenal in this. Was that uh, that triangle, you know, in their box a bit just before Bamford at the bar when we were yeah. pinging it round, and, and we just we we just embarrassed them. Yeah, we we were absolutely fantastic. It really, really surprised me. Um, yeah, at least dominated that first half. Um, created many, many chances. Getting a lot of joy down the wings. I felt Jack Harrison uh, did great on the right Probably wing. Not on the match. Yeah, did great on the right wing against uh, Klaas and actually cutting onto his uh, strong left foot uh, many times. Um, at least created many great chances and missed many great chances as well. Harrison had a few shots saved. Alioski shot just wide of the far post and Bamford also hit the bar, as you say. So we just got unlucky and couldn't finish our chances really while we were on top. And uh, as we've gotten used to, we uh, paid the price in the end for missing all our good chances. Um, it was a completely different game in the second half. You talk about a game of two halves, and this was the definition of it, because it was a completely different game in the second half, which I said would happen at halftime. I was saying to you guys, you know, it's going to be a completely different second half because it's halftime, the managers get to speak to them. And the Arsenal manager, Mikel Arteta, said that he wasn't happy with the players after the game, and the Arsenal players said that he shouted at them, which I knew that was going to happen. And in the second half, Arsenal came out, pressed really well, and Leeds just couldn't handle it, really. I think Leeds were caught by surprise as how good Arsenal were in the second half. And, uh, yeah, Arsenal pressed really high. Lacazette hit the bar from a free kick. Um, yeah, Ars- Arsenal grew into the game. Um, speaking of Lacazette, though, um, he should have been sent off in that second half, midway, midway through, when there was that brawl. They kicked Bavardi, blatantly kicked Bavardi, referee right in front of it. But VAR... There was VAR in this game, of course. And check, check the incident. VAR well. checked the incident for minutes and didn't even get it. it, it, it I mean, this is the first time I've seen VAR. I'm, I'm assuming you too have seen VAR. First. I didn't enjoy it. First, first, uh, you know, while, while I've been at a game. And it took about two minutes. It didn't tell us who they were checking. It didn't you couldn't see team. the replays. It just said VAR in checking violent. It said VAR checking violent conduct. It didn't say... Who, uh, there was a bit of a... A bit of handbags on the touchline, so I thought maybe it was one of our players, maybe it was one of theirs, but they didn't say which player or which team. So we had to check Twitter to I see ch- who I checked Twitter and, found and, uh, and read somewhere that it was Lacazette for kicking out. I was like, well, good, maybe maybe we'll get set <laughs> off here. But, but yeah. no card, uh, and we saw it back afterwards, and he just kicks Bavardi. Like It's at minimum 
a yellow card because even if even if you you take it with a pinch of salt and say, all right, he just trips him. If you trip a player when they're not on the ball, that's a yellow card. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So he should have been at least carded for that, and he wasn't. Yeah, VAR was. I didn't enjoy VAR at all, really. Speaking um, of people who should have been carded, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Xhaka, Granit Xhaka should have been booked at least. Um, pulled back many of our players by the shirt, and in the first half as well, slid down and tackled Patrick Bamford. How he did not get at least a yellow card to me is Patrick just bizarre. No. Xhaka. You just said Patrick Bamford. No, Xhaka slid down oh, um, right. Patrick Bamford. But um, how Xhaka didn't get at least a yellow card in I, this game? I saw that back. That He doesn't touch him. Bamford does dive there. But, oh, but in, in the other incidents, when he, he there was one point where Click just nicks the ball off him and he just grabs him by the back of the shirt yeah. and drags him And Xhaka down. did this many times. Didn't get a yellow card. In Early on in the second half, Click drags one of them Click, back Click just, and he just gets a yellow card. And that's it, his first foul. Click does, does it to Xhaka. He actually just he absolutely bodies him, just yeah. leathers him over. and just. I, I mean, it was a yellow card for Click. But yeah. clearly... if But if, he did if, the if, same thing as Xhaka. You, Xhaka, want, he, you it, want consistency, don't you? Yeah, so if he's not giving it for Xhaka and, and Click does that and then Click doesn't get booked, then you think, all right, yeah. referee's a bit soft, but at least he's consistent. But it wasn't consistent. Yeah. It was just poor. The referee, Anthony Taylor, was, was awful. Very, very inconsistent. And, um, yeah, just did not enjoy the, the officiating of this game at all. VAR and the referee, Anthony Taylor, thought they were really, really poor. Uh, but back into the second half, uh, Arsenal, as I say, won top. They were, went one up on 55 minutes through a very scrappy goal from Reese Nelson. Um, yeah, really scrappy. And it, it's a goal which you, you really hate to, to lose a game by, really. Um, yeah, really, really scrappy goal. But Arsenal dominated the second half and could have scored uh, a lot more. Leeds could have also scored in the second half. Patrick Bamford had a really good shot save. Jack Harrison as well near the end um, had a decent opportunity, which he just kind of gave up, really. Um, but, yeah, 1-0 to the Arsenal, has to say. Um, as they couldn't stop uh, singing for the entire yeah. second half <laughs> against the championship side <laughs> with yeah. the reserves out, with people making their debuts. Yeah, so 1-0 to the Arsenal at full-time. A defeat... But a pleasing performance, really, from Leeds United. We did ourselves proud, I reckon. We did, we did. The fans did us proud and the lads did us proud because we were fantastic I mean, in the first half. Because even the away fans halfway through the game, uh, well, halfway through the game, halfway through the second half, were, were singing where, where Leeds and we're proud of it. And, and we, we should have been because we turned up. And we, yeah. didn't, we didn't look like we didn't look like a bunch of Sunday league lads that have been put out against the Premier League team. We looked like... We looked like, you know, like Bournemouth looked like in the Premier League. We, looked, we, we compete... With, with some of the bigger lads, maybe we don't, we don't get the results now every every week, and maybe you get back a couple of beatings now and again, but you compete. Yeah, and we did compete. Yeah. Well, many said it. You know, if you were watching the game and you didn't know about any other teams, and especially that first half, you would think that Leeds United were the Premier League team and last night were the Championship team. I thought, I thought, I thought we were brilliant, and you know, yeah, the Emirates is a hard place to go. Arsenal don't lose many games at the Emirates. It, yeah. It's a very tough place to go, and of course, Arsenal had just beaten Man United at home a yeah. few days before, and. And we've gone there and 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 turned them over. Really, we they, matched them. They un, they underestimated us and they they didn't treat us with um with any respect. Yeah, the first they half. said yeah they said that after Reese Nelson is in his interview just said, um, you know, Arteta told told us about how good they were and we just didn't listen. And you know, Arsenal fans after the game they, they were so happy. I would have been fuming if I was an Arsenal fan because say a League One team who I think Wickham Wanderers are top of League One right now if they came telling road. Dominated the game for 45 minutes. Could have been 4 5 nil up at half-time, but it was 0-0. And then we'd gone out. Were, you know, they, they were really on top for the first 20 minutes of the second half, and then it kind of evened itself out, I feel. Uh, but you know, if we had just nicked a 1-0, a, a, a scrappy goal against the League One side, I would have been, you know, I'd be happy that we got the win, but I'd also be fuming as well. And if I was an Arsenal fan, I'd be fuming, because yeah. that first half from Arsenal, on an Arsenal point of view, was, was unacceptable yeah. from them. And, you know... If you're listening to the interviews and the players are saying, Arteta told us how good they were and we didn't listen and we we just took it easy, that's poor mentality from the players and I mean, that's I mean, worrying signs there. Arteta even said in his post-match, I knew all about them. They turn up and they batter teams every three days in the championship. They're not yeah. to be taken lightly. And if you don't fight for every ball, if you don't fight for a 50-50, you will get done. You will get found out. Yeah. And Arsenal did get found out for 45 minutes. Yeah, and Arteta you know, basically said, the players didn't listen to me, and I told them at half-time. And, and, and it obviously gave them a right good bollocking at half-time, and uh, they came out the second half firing at Arsenal. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd think worrying signs, if I was an Arsenal fan, really worrying signs there. Yes, Arteta's got a reaction, but you know, if you're telling your lads before the game how good they are, and then they just don't listen... Yeah, it's worrying. It's worrying. It, it's, poor mentality it there. Shows poor mentality and a bit of arrogance on the part of yeah, Arsenal's players. Whereas, like our players, if Bielsa says to us, says to our players before the game, "This is how they're they're going to play," 
you, you, they're, they're a good team. They're going to play well. Our players listen and they do the yeah, jobs. Absolutely, ninety nine percent of the time. Sometimes the players just, you know, go mad like the Birmingham game where they just think, ah, oh, sod this. Let's just yeah. let's just play the most Sunday league game of football <laughs> of all time. Yeah, <laughs> but, <clears throat> absolutely. But um, for, the, for the most part, our players respect our manager. It doesn't seem like Arsenal players have as much respect for Arteta as they maybe should do. But they've had problems with previous managers like they didn't respect yeah. Emery. That Arsene Wenger wasn't getting the respect he deserved towards the end of his reign. You, you got to wonder if there's a bit of a culture going at the club. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but back onto Leeds, yeah. though, it was a defeat. It was a defeat, but very pleasing performance. Leeds, you know, Leeds fans did us proud. The Leeds players really did us proud, and it, I'm really, really happy that Leeds have showed how good they are to the whole world. Essentially, we're on BBC National TV prime time. Uh, Arsenal versus Leeds on a Monday night. Six there would have been no other big it. game. Yeah, six point one five million people, I think, watched on BBC. And also around the world, you know, what other big game was there on Monday night? Nothing. So the whole world would have watched us. And Leeds have gone out there and showed how good we are against uh, top 10 Premier League side. So I'm really, really happy. Big positives to take away from it. Elon Meza, yeah, for one. 19-year-old goalkeeper. <laughs> making his debut away <clears throat> at the Emirates against the Premier League side in Arsenal. And he did absolutely fantastic. Yes, conceded a goal, but... It was brilliant. Can't really, dis- do, any- his- Can't really do anything about the goal. His decision making was fantastic. His shot stopping was fantastic, and his distribution. My word, I, it, it was incredible. Elon Messier. It was. Um, <laughs> his best pass of the game was when he found um, he Jack got, Harrison. He, Jack Harrison just over the halfway line, about probably about eight yards over the halfway line, just pinged the ball straight to him, straight to his feet. Uh, yeah. It landed on his foot. Perfectly. It made it look so easily, De Meslier. Yeah. It was fantastic. Uh, of course, on loan from uh, French side, F3 Lumiette. But yeah, we do have the option for a permanent signing. I, I think it's six mil to sign him. Yeah, and worth of a penny. He was fantastic from the looks of it. For, for your first team debut, 19 years old, away at the Emirates against Arsenal, and that Arsenal side as well. That's their Premier League side. Yes, they made, they made a few changes, but that's their Premier League side. That's a full strength team. A lot, I know, a, a lot of rival championship Mizzi, yeah. fans were saying, oh, yeah, you, you lost against Arsenal's reserves. But they, they want Arsenal's they want reserves. Nicholas Pepe, £75 million, Lacazette, £50 million. You know, they, they, had, they had their... Mesut Ozil, I think know, he was about £50 million when he From Real came. Madrid as well. Xhaka, I think he was £30 million. You know, they, they had a fantastic team, did Arsenal. When Dewey was another 20 yeah. And we've got to match them. Anila Messier, fantastic. And if Kiko does get does get banned for racism, the um, the league have come out, the FA have come out and said that um, they can't uh, give a date on the on um, Of course, they can't. On, I found it convenient. Yeah, but um, but you know, if Kiko Xe does get banned, um, I I'm fine with Messier going in, and it'd be interesting to see who starts on Saturday because Ilan Messier was so impressive. I, I I wouldn't blame Bielsa if he sticks Messier in. I, I don't think he will, but I I won't be surprised. You know. I, 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 I won't. I won't mind it if he does replace. He's, him, a, he's a big lad as well as Mesley. Six, yeah. six foot six. Yeah, he looks like a twelve-year-old child, but he's massive. <laughs> he's got <laughs> the longest arms of any human I've well, ever. I've seen. said it many times. He could do the head, shoulders, knees, and toes dance without bending over. Um, <laughs> yeah, Ilan Mesley looked brilliant, and yes, a loss, but at least we don't have to go down all the way to bloody Bournemouth. Which is a very, very, miles yeah, very, very long trip because, of course, the, the uh, FA Cup uh, four-five draw happened before this game kicked off, and we knew that uh, it was a, an away trip to Bournemouth. And yeah, it would have been nice to get through, but you know, now it's less games, more focus on the league now, and we don't have to travel down to Bournemouth. So um, yeah, the players can rest up a bit now, and um, yeah, um, win or loss, but you know, very, very happy with with that. And it was a good trip all round, really fun trip. Yeah, and, um, yeah, and of course we now move on to Sheffield Wednesday at home, which we will preview later on in the show. Um, but first, uh, moving on to the Leeds United under-23s, they picked up another PDL North win this week by beating Hull City 5-0 at Four Parts last Sunday. Goals from Jack Jenkins, uh, two goals from Ryan Emerson, Liam McCarran, and Alfie McCarran helped secure the win. Um, brilliant. Yeah, it was it was just a really, really good performance. Yeah, really good. Uh, they're up to second in the table now, if I'm not mistaken. After a poor start to the season. Yeah, they had a really, sh- they had a bit of a shocking start, but then they, I think they won like five or six games on the bounce, and now they're right back up there again. Uh, the best goal of the game probably goes to McCalmont for that one where it's kind of a one-two. Takes a touch off his right foot into the box, buries it bottom corner with his left foot. It's just a beautiful goal. I think, yeah. it's, the, I think it's the fourth goal of the game. Um, but yeah, we just we just took them apart. It's, it, I mean... We, we always go on about how good the under-23s are, but now we no, no, the weekend we got to see Meslier, we got to see Gotts, uh, John Stevens came on in a cup game. I mean, it's a bit shame. Out of position uh, as well? Uh, uh, Stevens. Yeah. yeah he, was, he was playing on right wing. Was he? Yeah. I thought he came out right back. 
Um, no, I think, came out right back momentarily. No, I think no, because Stuart Dallas moved back to right back and then oh, he yes. went on the right wing. Yes, that's correct. <coughs> um, but yeah, re- really, really good from the twenty-threes there. Five 0 win over Hull City uh, last Sunday. Uh, moved on to uh, some news then, and uh, we have to start with some uh, really sad news that came out uh, in December regarding Kev Holroyd, who was the uh, man behind the mask. He was uh, Lucas the Copcat. Um, he died from cancer, but passed away peacefully in hospital. But really sad news there. Um, hope his family and friends are, are doing really really well at, yeah. uh, rest in peace um, Kevin Holroyd uh, on to more positive news then uh, after we recorded the last episode it was announced that Matthaus Klick scored what was the goal of the month in November for his strike during that 4-0 win over Middlesbrough at, El- at uh, Ellen Road a wonderful goal fully deserved from Matthaus Klick fantastic strike that was I can, wa- yeah, I can watch that goal over and over again um, and also Luke Aylin he has won the uh, PFA Championship Player of the Month award for December um, <laughs> I would say well deserved but I mean he, he played well against Birmingham didn't do well defensively but scored that bang but um, <laughs> I don't know how he won this but um, Luke Aylin PFA Championship Player of the Month congratulations well then Bill um, I'm not really sure if you if I, if you were the player I would have picked out of our team for December but I'd have probably picked Tyler Costa to fair out of our team for December yeah absolutely overall he probably performed the best out of any of our players but yeah well done I'm glad that we've rigged yet another poll in our favour <laughs> it's very funny to me whenever I check we've yeah. just completely rigged polls <laughs> yeah yes it, 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 it is funny um, now, of course, it, with it being January, uh, the transfer window is now open again uh, for this You're month. Right yellow tie ruining my TV yeah. screen once again. <laughs> uh, for the next month. Uh, and at the start of the month, we saw 20-year-old striker Eddie Nketiah get recalled by Arsenal from his season-long loan spell at Leeds United. Um, thoughts on this? Well, I mean, we said I said a bit earlier, didn't I, about we should uh, respect his contribution for the season. Um, he clearly wants to start every week in the team. I've heard rumours that he might be he's linked to Bristol City, but he's also and, and a couple of other championship goals. But he's also linked to Germany. So if he was to go on loan to Germany, I don't think I think most Leeds fans would wish him yeah. well. But if he look, um, went on loan to Bristol City, and scored hat trick against us at Ellen Road, I'd be fuming. Yeah, um, I, I would be a bit annoyed as well. Uh, but you know, it's just it's just it's it is just football these days. Big clubs want to send their players on loan. Championship clubs and they expect them to play every minute of every game, regardless of the, regardless of the fact that you've got to earn your place in teams. Yeah. And, and, and if you don't earn your place, or if you are not suited to the system, or whatever reason, or if you're injured now and again, which all those three things apply to Eddie and Kessia, he had to get used to the system and he had to get used to doing a bit more pressing because he is an out and out striker. But in the BL system, it requires like Bamford constantly pressing. Out. Uh, there was bit, bit, there was bits in the Arsenal game where Bamford was at almost at right back causing people down <laughs> it's just how the system works and that's yeah. how you've got to do it and, and Ketty wasn't all sometimes he did stuff like that but not always um, but yeah you, you got to thank him for the goals though because yeah, he did score goals. some crucial I'm a bit, goals I, I am a little bit concerned at the trouble we may, we may now have getting another backup striker in yeah because what we're going to say to them do you like sitting on the bench in Leeds <laughs> yeah exactly exactly that was the worry because Yes, Eddie Nketiah, he's not suited to the system and I don't think he'll be a massive loss to the squad, but the fact that he's not there anymore and we need to go out and get a replacement for him is the worrying part because we're not going like, it's going to be hard to convince someone to come to, you know you know a good striker to come to Leeds and and say oh yeah yeah you're going to be sitting on our bench until you work your way into the side so that's going to be really really hard but um yeah Eddie Nketiah recalled um we thank him for, for all the goals and, and everything that he did he, he seemed to like the Leeds fans as much as the Leeds fans liked him really so um yeah um sad to see him go but we move on and uh, Leeds United are looking at replacements. Uh, Phil Hay of The Athletic have said that Leeds' top target uh, this uh, this month to replace Nketiah is Southampton's Jake Adams, uh, who could come in on loan. Of course, arrived at Southampton last summer after a brilliant season for Birmingham City last year, scoring 22 goals and getting four assists in uh, 44 games. Uh, but he hasn't hit the ground running this season, scored zero goals in 15 Premier League games. Um, would you take Jake Adams? He's... A lot of those 15 Premier League games have kind of been cameo appearances or not huge amount of minutes, but he doesn't appear to be suited to life in the Premier League. You've got to think we need a striker to get us up. To get us up. We've also got one, got a striker that would still suit the Premier League, and he's clearly not cut out for the Premier League. But it, it depends. On loan, he'd get us up, though. Because lo- he did fantastic at Birmingham City last season. As I say, 22 goals and four, and four assists in 44 games. It's brilliant. But if he's, is he starting over Bamford? <laughs> That's the thing. You've always got to bring it back to that. Uh, but we need the option, though. And Jay was, Adams would be a fantastic he's option. He's a fantastic signing for the Championship. But um, whether or not he'd come, maybe not get... 
if he's not getting any game time for Southampton, what's and we we can't guarantee him game time at Leeds. And then what's the point? Yeah, exactly. He could go. He could go back to Birmingham City. Yeah. Um, um, so you have got to wonder about that. Apparently the. Um, you know, we're about to talk about Collie Woodrow, aren't we? Apparently that is not a strong link. That's a, according to the YEP, that's not hugely uh, you know, yeah. backed up by Evans. Uh, I think Chair Adams is obviously the main target. I think it would be a good signing, but I worry about the short-termism of that signing. I know it's yeah. only a loan deal, but if we, if we were to go out and buy him, then we would be in a bit of a tough position yeah. next year. I, I don't think it would buy him. I think a loan for Che Adams would be fantastic. I, I, I don't really want to buy Che Adams personally, but I think loaning him out for this season, just to have him there and you know have him as a really good option because he would be a really good option off the bench, I think that would be good. And if we can convince him to come to Leeds on loan, I think that would be a really, really good signing. Um, and Phil Hay, of course, the, uh, the trustworthy Phil Hay says that uh, that is a, a strong link and Leeds um, seem to have him as their top target. Um, as we said, though, Leeds are also looking at Barnsley 25-year-old striker Coley Woodrow. We don't know how reliable this is, but um, Coley Woodrow has uh, already scored nine championship goals this season. Um, I think he'd be good. You know, I think he, I think he wouldn't mind being a backup striker. He probably, he probably will be up for being on our bench. Um, because obviously he's at Barnsley, he's got a bit of a relegation scrap. And if we say to him, "All right, just sit on our bench. You'll get a few minutes here and there, score a couple of goals. <clears throat> we'll go up, and then you'll be in, you'll be playing in the Premier League now and again. Maybe playing a few cup games, a few cameo appearances up there. He'll probably turn around and say, "Yep, yeah, sure." But yeah. as I've just said, I don't think the link is that strong between um, Collingwood Drew, and he's also injured at the moment. He's got a hamstring injury. Yeah. So would Che Adams out of those two be your ideal? I'd prefer Che Adams at those two. Yeah, and I'd rather prefer someone on loan really for the rest of the season than yeah. than someone permanently because you know if we, if we sign someone and they're not quite cut out for the Premier League, then we've got them on our books. Whereas if we sign someone on loan um, and they don't do too well, and then they're not on our books. If they do really well, we could always sign them in. You know, when when we go up with the Premier League money that we'll have. Um, yep. so yeah, a loan option would be good, and yeah, Che Adams I, th- I think would be a fantastic loan signing. Um, of course, 19-year-old winger Jack Clark. He's been recalled to Tottenham Hotspur, which is really weird for me to say because, <laughs> of course, he was a Leeds youngster last season. Uh, sold him Tottenham Hotspur last summer for £10 million. Absolutely had, uh, absolutely robbed Tottenham Hotspur there. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, uh, Jack Clark being recalled there, as expected, as he hasn't really got into the Leeds side again um, this believe, year. I can't believe Spurs could have signed Jared Bowen and they signed Jack Clark instead. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, isn't Bunch it? Bunch of idiots. Yeah. Uh, but he has got into the Leeds team again this, uh, this year, Jack Clark. So he's been recalled to Tottenham Hotspur, uh, which I think we were all expecting. Um, Leeds reportedly, reportedly looking at uh, Sheffield United's Luke Freeman, 27-year-old Luke Freeman, who has scored eight goals and got six assists in 44 games for QPR last season, but has only made nine appearances for Sheffield United um, this season. Luke Freeman, do you think he'd be a good signing for Leeds? Yeah, I do. I think he'd be the best out of those three for us. Do you think? I do. Uh, he was... Just superb for QPR when we played him last year. He won the game on his own pretty much away, yeah. away at Loftus Road. That one nil loss. He made he made Bielsa cry in the tunnel. He did. He made him fuming, and yeah, which kind of annoys me a bit. But we'll, we'll put that aside, <laughs> Luke. If, you, if you're going to get us up, all is forgiven. Yep. Uh, but he is he's a really good player. He's he's a really good. He plays on the wing, like attacking midfield. He could be that number ten we miss when Pablo's injured or yeah. off form or that bit more creativity that will really get us up. Yeah. And. Um, Obviously, hopefully, hopefully at some point, so uh, the technology will exist where we can resurrect Adam Forshaw. <laughs> uh, Jamie Shackleton will be back fit soon when he's playing the under twenty three. He's getting a few minutes, so we, we might and Tyler, Tyler Robson coming back in, so we, we might get a bit more cover in, in the midfield. But he is a really good player, and he could, and he, he's got a great. Uh, in fact, both his feet, he's good on both feet, and he's really good crossing the ball into the box. So he could be, yeah. Oftentimes, when we get in good crossing positions, the ball, the final ball, is a bit wayward. He could be the answer to that, and Bamford could be picking up some more goals. So, I think, I actually think we need a, uh, a number ten more than we actually need a striker. I think. We'll... Yeah, I'd agree. And Luke Freeman, he's a very good, versatile forward, very experienced as well. Of course, twenty-seven years old. Um, so yeah, I, I think it would, I think it would be fantastic. Uh, definitely a massive, massive upgrade on Jack Clark if he's to replace Jack Clark. Um, so yeah, I he, think, he I think would we're be... alright for wingers, to be fair. Know, yeah, we I are. I know Bielsa always wants more wingers. <laughs> what we actually need is a centre mid. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> a, and pro- a striker. A proper out-and-out centre mid and a striker. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Luke Freeman, he would be a fantastic option. If we get to sign him, that would be great. Of course, fantastic for QPR last season. It hasn't quite worked out for Sheffield United this season. 
Um, but he would be a fantastic signing in the Championship uh, this month anyway. And uh, fresh reports um, are saying that Leeds, that Leeds United are looking at Sheffield Wednesday's midfielder, Barry Bannon, of course, 30 years old. I think he had a spell at Leeds United uh, in our first season back in the Championship um, on loan. Uh, but Barry Bannon, would you take him? It reminds me, you know, we were linked to Gary Hooper for about what felt like 10 years. Like every <laughs> transfer window, we were linked with Gary Hooper and we never signed him. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I I don't think there's much in this link. I think it's just because he's a good centre mid in the championship. And I think it's paper talk. Uh, would I take him? I don't rate him that much. He's had a couple of good games against us, but he's had a couple of woeful games against us. He's just, on his day, he's quite good. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I've never been wowed by him. There's very, there's very few players that have actually genuinely wowed me who've played against Leeds. Yeah. Uh, Every Chiesa wowed me, to be fair. <laughs> he really did. He was really good. Yeah. But I would never have been that hugely impressed by Barry Bannon. But he is a proper centre mid. He's a decent player for the championship. Yeah. Very, very experienced. Yeah. I, I, I as, think a, he, as a squad player, he'd be very useful. Yeah. I like Barry Bannon. I think he'd be good. And I think that he would be the perfect replacement for Adam Forshaw. And we really do need a replacement for Adam Forshaw, don't we? Because. Uh, he, he still hasn't returned. He's been out for four months now. He, he, you know, the first game he missed was that Barnsley away game, and before then, it was just talk of oh, he needs a fitness test, see, see if he's match fit. But he's been out for four months now, and he just doesn't like he, he's ever going to get fit. But he also saying that that he just can't get himself a hundred percent match fit, and they're looking like he, he may need surgery um, on his hips. So I think it's ludicrous that we haven't already had him get surgery. I yeah. Think. We've just been trying to edge him along, edge him along. You'll be all right. I'll get back naturally. But like four months. Yeah, it's get, a long, long get time. Get the man in surgery. Yeah, it's a <laughs> long, long time. Fix the problem in his hip yeah. and he'll be back. He'll, yeah, with surgery, he might be out. I, I said on the drive up here, if he, if he gets surgery or whatever, I just can't get himself fit. I, I don't think he'll play for Leeds United again this season because he just can't seem to just get himself fit, match fit. And so disappointing because like, yeah. I'm not... I've never been Adam Forshaw's hugest fan because I think he, a lot of what he does is yeah. give the ball back where it comes from as soon as he gets it. But at the start of the season, he was fantastic when yeah. he was playing, and I feel as though we do miss him. He, he, he's a bit of a he's a bit of a metronome of a player. Reminds me of sort of a championship version of John Henderson. <laughs> he he kind of just sees things over yeah. in midfield. He's a very good option to adds, have. Adds a bit of stability, but he's he's not he's never really. He's never really be a centre centre of most yeah. attacks going forward, but he, we we do we do miss his stability when he's not yeah, there. Yeah, he's a good option to have, and we we do need to replace him, don't we? Cause yeah, we do. We need we need a replacement for him far more than we need a winger. Yeah, because of, he's <laughs> Jack, always injured. Jack Harrison held the Costa on fire. We do not need another winger. Yeah, because Adam Forshaw is always injured. You do need to replace him, and I think Barry Bannon would be a perfect replacement for him, really. And Luke Freeman, he, he could be a good replacement. Um, as well. Um, a player has returned, though, to Leeds United. That's uh, 27-year-old uh, left-back Clemens Bock, who's uh, loan at League One side. Uh, Sunderland has ended, um, but he won't play for Leeds, though. He's uh, wanting to return to Belgium. So, um, yeah, Lawrence de Bock on Leeds United's books again, but he's uh, seeking a, a move out to uh, Belgium, his uh, home country, of course. Um, the last of the Christian era <laughs> shite. Him and Usain Boy and... Uh, you know Jer- Kane. You know Kane and J-Roy Grot. They're yep. all... Just waiting to be shifted. <laughs> I think Unicane's Kane's back fit now, so he might go in the January transfer window. Yeah, uh, but those are all the rumours. Um, let's discuss who, who do we need to sign this month? Do you think? What specifically our positions? Yeah, like what? What? Yeah, what kind of players do we need to sign? We need we need a proper centre mid. But um, I, I would also say I would take Freeman because I think he's creative enough and he can play in the centre mid role. Um, we need another probably a backup striker if we can get one, and. Do we need a goalkeeper? I don't personally think we do. Because I think even if Casilla gets done, and to be honest, I think if they had enough evidence on Casilla, he probably would have been done by now. Yeah. The the fact they won't comment on when the date is, they won't push the trial up, they won't have it in any time soon, seems like there isn't really much in it. Otherwise, because usually the more... If it was overwhelming, the evidence, and he'd clearly done something racist or said something racist, then he would be done by now, and he'd be fined, and he'd be banned for... Eight, eight to twelve games, whatever it's going to be, but I yeah. think I think Messi has proved he's he's capable of stepping up. Yes, and I think we are better off spending our money in other ways. Yeah, absolutely, and and I'd agree with you. We need a backup striker. Uh, I think that we need a proper number ten, uh, you know, a proper midfielder to to go alongside Click because there just seems to be a big hole there. Uh, you know, we, we do have plenty of options, but they seem to always be getting injured. Shackleton keeps on getting injured. Tyler Roberts keeps on getting injured. Adam Forshaw is injured. So. Um, yeah, I feel as though there's there's that hole there next to Click in midfield, which kind of needs a place. And of course, Pablo Hernandez, 
He's out injured as well, and he's 34 years old, but I can't really rely on him anymore. So I don't think we need any more wingers. I feel as though a backup striker, because Bamford is the only se- recognised senior striker at the club, which is just ridiculous. Um, and I don't think Edmonton is ever going to get into the Legion United squad. Um, yeah, so. Shame, we, really. Yeah. Really good player. He's, he's going to be a really good player for somebody, right, Edmonton? Yeah, he is. Um, so, yeah, we need we need a backup striker. We need that midfielder. And I also think that we could do with another centre back, really. Just, just, just one more. Just one more centre back. I may just, be pushing it there. Yeah, I mean, Bielsa won't sign another one because he sees Berardi as a centre half, and he's got obviously he sees Aylin as can play there, and he's got Cooper, and he's got White, and yeah. they've been consi- fairly consistent this season. I mean, had a bit of a strange few weeks, but you know, fairly consistent all season. Um, so I, I can't see him signing another centre half. Yeah, I can't either. But I don't think we need a goalkeeper. But I think the main one is a backup striker. We need another striker at the club, and yeah, it could be an exciting month for Leeds United. A big, big month coming up. For Leeds United and the future of the football club, we need to take advantage of this great position that we're in and not bottle promotion. Because we, in transfer windows in the past, we've really let ourselves down. We let ourselves down in last the, year. Well, last year the Monk transfer window where we signed Buddy Pedraza and um, what was his name? That Mobaro went to Reading and then scored against us and nobbed. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> sorry. Who else? Um, the Simon Grace when we first came up in a, in 20, uh, 2010, 2011, wasn't it? That season when we. Ken Bates we, just refused we, to we sign people. We desperately needed a centre half, um, a, a, a pick up a couple of defenders in the January transfer window, and we would have walked the league because we were like second at Christmas or something yeah. like that. Ken Bates just refused. And then, to... we, fin- and then we finished seventh. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, how many cautionary tales do we need? Yeah, exactly. Uh, how many messages do you need to say? You know, I'm not saying you, we, you need we to don't, take we don't, I know that obviously the January window is very much a seller's market. The, the people because. It, it's, clubs always are desperate to find players that will fit their system and benefit them immediately so the clubs that are selling players can go right well you can have him but we're adding an extra couple of mil on his price tag yeah. and and it's normally players that aren't playing or haven't played already this season that are kind of out of form or injured or whatever so it's a, a massive gamble as a January transfer window most yeah. of the time yeah it's a hard window to do business in but, but, it's, but it's crucial we need to do yeah, some business it's crucial now you'd hope that the board have learnt from last season and, and Jerry Ravazani's learnt from last season it seems from the noises we're getting from the media and the YP and uh, Phil A and Graham Smith, it seems like there's going to be a, a bit of movement. Probably two signings. Yeah, there's going to be a bit of movement for Leeds United. But as I say, a big, big month for Leeds United and future of the club. We need to take advantage of this great position that we're uh, in right now. Um, let's look ahead to Leeds United's next game now. Uh, Leeds United uh, returning to Championship action uh, this Saturday, taking on Gary Monk Sheffield Wednesday at Ellen Road. It's a 3 p.m. kickoff, which is a rare occurrence when we come up against Sheffield Wednesday. The last time um, we played them at Saturday, 3 p.m., uh, was in the 2017-18 season, while well under Paul Heckingbottom um, at Ellen Road, we lost 2-1 on what was a really grim day. I took two pictures of this, and the first picture bright sunshine the second picture heavy snowfall it, it was a it was a weird really weird day all i remember about um, this game is it being really really snowy uh jayroy grot scored jayroy grot scored for Leeds united and then but the sight of matthew pennington falling into three ass. inches of snow <laughs> and leading them to their winner will haunt me forever oh, <laughs> that God. was awful i mean i can't say what the Leeds fans are singing the south stand because it's uh <laughs> uh, they were singing. Uh, actually, I'll, I'll just I'll just do it. Uh, they were in the South Stand singing "Well, Leeds United, we can't say we can't see f all." <laughs> yeah. Oh no, we we couldn't see anything. We could not see anything at all in that game because of the snow. Uh, but yeah, the, the, <laughs> the sight of Matthew Pennington falling over in that snow and them scoring their winner will, will haunt me forever because that's that was an awful day, grim day that was. Um, but yeah, that that happened the last time we faced him on Saturday, 3 p.m. at Ellen Road, uh, a 2-1 loss there. But this season, though, we have, of course, played them already. Um, we played Sheffield Wednesday already. We drew 0-0 away at Hillsborough back in October. Um, last season, we also drew at Hillsborough, drew 1-1 then and then beat them 1-0 at Ellen Road. Can you see us winning this one? Gary Monk, though, isn't it? <sighs> Gary Monk, the only manager last season to do the double over Marcelo Bielsa. Because he just plays that horrible, deep 4-4-2. I mean, knew who, and I think Fletcher might be injured for this game, which is good news, Ashley Fletcher. But they, uh, they'll just launch balls up to knew who, it'll nod it down to Bannon, and they'll just they'll just play football like that and be horrible. Yeah. We're going to get counter-attacked. It's going to be trying to pass through their, their deep, deep, compact lines. It's going to be held across to getting constantly fouled and no one getting carded. It, I, you know, I, I'm saying all this, and I guarantee you watched this game at the weekend. 
me and you are going to it. I, it will be every single one of them things. Yeah, it, it's going to be a horrible game to watch. But, It'll be interesting because fantastic game against Arsenal. It'll be interesting to see but Arsenal came how out, we're doing the championship Arsenal now. came out and played. They won't come out and play. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. It'll be a grind. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a horrible game to watch. It's going to be so different. That, from I was Arsenal so happy game. though last season when we played Wednesday at home and Harrison just uh, side footed that ball past uh, yeah, Westwood. That was brilliant. And, um, and then we thought it was impossible that we could cock that up from that situation. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not remind ourselves of that that nightmare last season. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a horrible game. This one's going to be scrappy. Um, Sheffield Wednesday, they did well in their last game. They beat Brighton 1-0, of course, Premier League side Brighton 1-0. Um, away in the FA Cup third round at the weekend, but they have lost their last three league games. They lost 3-2 uh, away at Stoke. They lost 2-1 at home to Cardiff and then lost 1-0 at home to uh, Hull City. But they are eighth in the championship table on 39 points, two points off off the playoff places, but they do have that points deduction over their heads after breaching EFL's FFP rules, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, but they do have some good players, as we've said. You know, Nui who is, is is a really big forward. Actually, um, no, Stephen Fletcher rather, uh, Barry Bannon, is Kevin Steve Westwood, Fletcher? Kevin yeah. Westwood, the goalkeeper who always has a blinder against Leeds United. He really does. Um, so yeah, they do have some good players, and, and it will be a very very um, Tom Leeds as well, ex Leeds. Yeah, it will be a very very uh, tough game. Um, who scored dot com said that they are very strong at creating scoring chances. They're strong at attacking nano wings, strong at attacking set pieces, and strong at aerial duels. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they are weak at avoiding offsides. They're weak at defending against through ball attacks, and they are very weak at avoiding fouling in dangerous areas. So we could have a few penalties. I just remembered that buddy uh, reaches place them as well, don't they? Yeah, he's got a world against the championship king yeah. of thunder bastards, Adam Reach. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, gone unless he's 40 yards from goal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we could get a few penalties because uh, whoscore.com said that Sheffield Wednesday are very weak at avoiding foul in dangerous areas. Um, yeah, but we don't take advantage of any fouls in dangerous yeah, areas. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sheffield Wednesday, solid play. They control the game of the opposition's half. They attack through the middle. They uh, have they use long balls a lot. Uh, they attempt crosses often to take a lot of shots, and they are aggressive as well. Crosses, we're going to have to clamp down on their crosses because yeah. we are weak on defending crosses. Yeah, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a very, very tough game. Uh, but Leeds United, of course, are beating in the last three league games, two, two draws and one win. Um, important to get another win this and, and, and lift the mood really because you know that festive period it was alright it wasn't great so I think you know get a win here is it, it, crucial and it's a very very winnable game as well we need to take advantage of this because um, the teams around us have very winnable games West Brom are away at Charlton who have just fallen off the boil completely I think the 19th in the league at Charlton now so West Brom uh, away at Charlton on Saturday 3 o'clock yeah. uh, they could win that one probably um, let's have a look Fulham our way at Hull Charlton, City I swear Charlton have already taken points off West Brom this season though. Um, I know Barnes they have I think Charlton might have done as well yeah um, I mean, but Charlton beat us <laughs> down in their place yeah um, let's have a look Fulham their way at Hull City so they could probably win that one Brentford there at home to QPR on Saturday, 12.30pm. So, yeah, we'll be able to watch that one before the Leeds United game because that's 12.30pm kickoff. That's, that's so. a derby game, so they might, might yeah. be in trouble there. Yeah, uh, that'll be interesting, though. You'd expect Brentford to beat QPR, although QPR in the past few games, what, they beat Cardiff 6-1 at home and then they beat Swansea City 5-0 at home in the FA Cup. That's their past two games at home. I mean, obviously, so. FA Cup is reserve sides, but yeah. Still impressive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's what 11 2 on aggregate against Wales QPR. <laughs> yeah, it's mental. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting that one. You'd expect Brentford to win that one, but hopefully QPR can um, hold them there. Uh, but yeah, we, we need to take advantage. This is a very winnable game. Um, yeah, we, we need a win, really, just to lift the mood a bit. Um, Leeds, of course, unbeaten in the last three games against Sheffield Wednesday. Two draws and one uh, win there. Um, will we win this one? What, what's your score prediction for Saturday's game? I'm going to go 2 1 Leeds. 2-1 Leeds United. I'm going to go 2-0 to Leeds United. I reckon we'll keep a clean sheet. I reckon Elon Messier will start and he'll keep a clean sheet. He won't start. <laughs> no, he won't, will he? Um, but I reckon, I reckon we could keep a clean sheet and I reckon we'll win this one. 2-0. Uh, I'm going to go for a comfortable, easy 2-0 victory at home with Sheffield Wednesday. Redirect nice. your abuse to at Ed underscore McIntyre 98 <laughs> once he's proved unbelievably wrong after yep. the end of this game. <laughs> Please don't. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Leeds United, hopefully we uh, we win this uh, this Saturday. But that does bring us to the end of episode 49 of the All Things Leeds podcast. Thank you very much, as always, to Charles for joining me in the studio. No worries, mate. And, uh, thank you very much to uh, everyone who has watched or listened. Uh, we really do uh, appreciate it. Uh, if you enjoyed them, why not subscribe or follow the podcast? Give us a five-star rating if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Share it around as well. 
Uh, make sure to follow All Things Leeds on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search Poor Things Leeds 1 on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Search Poor Things Leeds on Facebook. Keep up to date with everything that is going on. Subscribe to the YouTube channel as well if you have not already. Search All Things Leeds on there. Um, also, follow Charles and his brand new Twitter account. Uh, I mean, it's at cynical underscore leads. Cynical leads, yeah. Cynical leads. <laughs> I chose that because of you know the obviously yeah. the, back in the day when we all the cynical fouls and we got called cynical leads in every uh, newspaper going. So, yeah. <laughs> and plus we, get, we still get called cynical leads now. Yeah, you can also search Charles Foster as well, and it should come up there yeah, as well. Yeah, that's just my name. Um, <laughs> but yeah, f- make sure to follow, follow us all. Keep up to date with everything. I uh, mean, Charles, we will be back next week. But for now, take care, and we'll speak to you soon. 